Jesus promised his disciples in Acts 1.8, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Welcome to You Shall Receive Power. And here are your hosts, Etienne McClintock and Colin Hone. Dear listener, greetings and a warm welcome. Thank you for tuning into the program today. Colin and myself are delighted to have your company. And just as is our custom, we're just going to invite God to bless us as we spend time looking at his word. Gracious Father in heaven, it's such a privilege again today to open your word, to study and look at this wonderful topic about Christ within our hope of glory. And we're going to look at that aspect of the gospel and of your promise of salvation and that intimate relationship you promise each one of us through the process of the former reign and also the latter reign. Father, may you bless those who are watching on Facebook. May you bless those who are listening on radio. May we be drawn to you. And Father, may your Holy Spirit be poured out on each one of us as our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we have a fascinating topic, and it comes from a little book called Omega, Apostasy, and Laodicea, written by Pastor Dennis Smith. Now, I'm just going to show this to the people out there. It's a great little book, and you can actually download this book for free, and they can go to spiritbaptism.org, www.spiritbaptism.org. You can download this book for free. It's a really amazing book. Right, so wonderful. And the topic, we are getting towards the the back end of the book now, but this question, who receives the latter reign of the Spirit, is one that we want to answer because there can be some confusion around this topic. Look, it's probably one of the most important questions there is. Mm. As we know that those who received the early reign, and the early reign was poured out on the day of Pentecost, and we're going to look at that in a minute. Yes. But those who receive and grow in the early reign, towards the end, just before Jesus comes, is the latter rain of the Holy Spirit is going to be poured out mm. on, on his people. And so, but it's only going to be poured out on those who have grown or received and grown in the early rain. And the early rain represents the Holy Spirit that transforms our character yes. into the likeness of Jesus. They receive the latter rain of the Holy Spirit, which gives them power, if you read Revelations 18 verses 1 to uh, 6, to repeat the three angels' messages with power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. So it also prepares them for the harvest because okay. the whole point of that early and latter rain was the early rain causes the seed to, to germinate, right. born again, to grow. In other words, where the, where the seed is the, uh, is the gospel, mm. the good soil is in our hearts. So it grows, and then as it grows, just before the harvest, just before Jesus comes, you read in Revelation chapter 14, it talks about the harvest. Yes. Uh, after the three angels' message is given, there's a harvest. The angels come. Two groups. There's two groups, mm. the wheat and the grapes. And, um, and the latter rain causes the harvest, prepares the harvest for the for ripening, is it? ripening of the harvest. Yeah. Yeah. So these are agricultural terms that we're yes. talking about. So yes. we're talking about what happened in Palestine in the Middle East there where they had a rain as they were starting. They planted and then the rain would come and that would germinate the seed and would start to grow. Correct. So that water was required for the germination and the growth. That's right. And then, of course, just before the harvest, there was another season of rain that would come, which is they refer to as the latter rain. Yep. And that will then just give the last little uh, spurt of growth to mature it for harvest. Correct. And that's what we're talking about. So this is really, a, in a broad terms, using agricultural framework to explain how God works in regards to the Holy Spirit and the Word of God working together to mature people for the second coming of Jesus. That's right. I mean, God uses um, illustrations that we can understand. In Israel, yes. obviously, most nations have an agriculture base 
Um, and he used that as an illustration to explain spiritual things. Hmm. Jesus always did that. And especially in the times in which we live, I mean, typically people would think, look, I've got to prepare for death so that the Lord can resurrect me. Mm. So they they take the underground to get to heaven. Now, what I mean by that is obviously they're buried and then they wait for the resurrection. So they sleep in Jesus and mm. then they rise to newness of life, um, literally, when Christ comes a second time. However, there's going to be a group of people in the end who will be matured for harvest who do not see death. They are actually translated, mm. just like we read in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. It says there that Enoch was taken without seeing death because yes. he had this... Uh, had this promise, this testimony from God that he pleased him, and he was actually translated by faith. We can read that in First Thessalonians chapter 4. Right, okay, yes. It talks about the second coming of Jesus. Mm. Two groups. Those who have died in Christ are raised. Raised, yes. And those who are alive when he comes are, are both changed and go back to heaven in First Thessalonians chapter 4. So... This is talking about a last generation that will be alive before Jesus comes. They will receive what's called the latter reign of the Holy Spirit. This is what will prepare them to you know, go through what's called the time of trouble or mm. the, you know, the last seven plagues, the final crisis on earth. Yes. And so it's really important that we understand and, uh, and we prepare to receive the latter reign of the Holy Spirit. So, mm. yeah, you're going to read that. Uh, yeah, I may as well. the second so, coming of Jesus. Yeah, so this is First Thessalonians chapter 4, and I may as well read from verse 13. It says, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep. So those are the people who have died. Yes. Lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. So this is going to provide some hope for us. Those who, those who are, you know, Christians, we have a hope. Mm. The hope is in the resurrection, isn't it? That's the hope. That's right. And say, say, but other people who don't have that hope, it's sad, isn't it? Very sad. That's right. If there's nothing more to it, then uh, you, know, you say farewell to your loved ones. That's and it. That's it. That's right. Verse 14. But if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. For this I say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain, so those are the ones who are being translated, yep. until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, so that's the two groups, those who are dead and they will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. So the sequence is very clear there. Those who are dead in Christ will rise first. We will not precede those who are alive, will not precede those who are in the grave. Those in the grave will come to life and be in a glorified body. God will raise yeah. them in the glorified body first. Yes. Then we who are alive will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So our meeting of the Lord and their meeting of the Lord happen simultaneously. As we ascend from heaven, the Lord draws us up and we meet him in the clouds. Yeah, and he takes us back to heaven. That's right. And uh, that's a whole another Bible another, study. Another that, Bible that, study, that, that that's we'll, right. That we'll be maybe looking in the future. But we want to know who receives the latter reign of the Holy Spirit because yeah. those who receive the latter reign of the Holy Spirit will be that last generation that the Bible's talking about. It precedes about this particular event. They're going to live. Yeah. They're going to live when Jesus finishes his high priest ministry in heaven. Mm. As we know, Jesus is our high priest in heaven. That's right. Hebrews talks about that. Uh, Revelation chapter 8, isn't it? 8 or 4 talks about that. Yes, right. Um, and so Jesus is our high priest in heaven. And so he's going to finish that work. And the high priest is what? What's the purpose of the high priest in heaven? Well, mediation he's, between God and man. He's mediating between yeah. us. He's our intercessor. Mm. But eventually he's going to, that work is going to be finished That's right. when, when all decisions are made. Mm. Either way, 
And we get to choose which one we want to be in. That's right. Yeah. It's yours and my choice. God made us free moral agents, so the ability to choose is ours. It's our choice. Mm. And everything has been uh, provided for us to make that choice. Jesus has died on the cross and paid the penalty for our sins. Yes. Jesus uh, has sent the Holy Spirit to make effectual what, what was happened on the cross. Mm. So everything has been put into place and given us to prepare us. Yes. Beautiful. And so what we want to do is we want to clarify, though, God's message to the Laodicean church because the Laodicean church spoken in Revelation chapter 3 is the last God's last day church. This is the church that is alive Mm. when Jesus comes. This is the church that will receive the latter rain of the Holy Spirit. Yes. I mean, no one else has received the latter rain of the Holy Spirit. Well, that's that's dead right. If you go from um, Acts chapter 2, they Mm. receive the early rain of the Holy Spirit. Mm. But no one has received the... Latter rain of the Holy Spirit. That's right. The early rain is available to all of us, but this last generation are going to receive the latter rain of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And it makes sense why they receive it. Prepare for the harvest. Yeah. I mean, what what are they going to be doing? What's different between them and any other generation? I mean, what's the difference? Well, it's it's the fact that they'll be translated and reflect the glory of God more than any other group of people previously. Because we have individuals. We have types in the Old Testament. We yes. have, obviously, um, Enoch. Yes. Who was translated. We, there's another person we know that was translated. That was Elijah. Yeah. And, of course, the Elijah message is part of this prepa- preparation for Christ's return and to reflect his image and character. Yeah. So we, we see that in the Old Testament. We can learn from that. But the 144,000 sing a song that no one else can sing, and that song is the their experience. The song of Moses and the song of the Lamb, isn't it? Yeah. The experience. That's experience that no one else has had because they've gone through a time of trouble such as never was. Yep. And then they are translated and they meet the Lord in the air. Yeah, that's right. And let's just have a look at look at the high priestly ministry of Jesus. He, mm. he finishes his mediation. Every decision is made. Revelation says that's, he was filthy, right. remained fief. Revelation 22, I believe it is. 22, 11, yes. Yep. He was just, remained just. So they remain and a decision is made. Judgment begins. With, with the, house the house of, of God, that's and, right. And judgment begins before mm. Jesus returns. And we know that that began in 1844. That's right. According to the prophecies of Daniel chapter 8 in 1844. So the judgment has happened to de- decide who's going to be in heaven and who's not. That's right. So we, and we've already discussed in previous programs, you know, about the Jesus finishing his high priestly ministry. And you read about that in Revelation chapter 8 where it says there'll be silence in heaven for about a half an hour. And then it talks about uh, the angel who's got the golden censer and he's got much incense in there to offer with the prayers of the saints. So the incense represents the prayers of the saints. Yes. And then finally he takes that censer and he throws it to the earth and um, then there's a big earthquake and so forth. So we know that this is um, the start of the, the plagues. He's only censer. It's finished. That's right. That's yes. the end of it's the end of the mediation. It's completed. And you can only look in, in other. There's many places in the Bible that sure. we could we could allude to at another time. We've discussed that previous yeah, yeah, in previous right. radio stations, which you can listen to now. That's right. It's on demand. It's available on demand. If you go to three abnaustralia.org.au and go under radio, you can actually listen. And uh, under radio, you can uh, then go on demand and listen to all our programs. They've all been uploaded there under You Shall Receive Power. You'll be able to find it very easily. Okay. So so basically, um, God's mission to the later sin church is to how his people can come out of their later sin, later sin condition, their lukewarm condition. And I've heard ever since I became a seven-day Adventist Christian that the church needs to come out of later sin. I mean, I just was at a big camp just recently and... Um, you know, it was talking about we need to come out of Laodicea, mm. the last day church of Laodicea. So I've heard many times expressions of how much we need the latter rain of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Of course, the church needs to come out of Laodicea 
and we need the latter rain of the Holy Spirit. We do. We do need this. Mm. In fact, receiving the latter rain of the Holy Spirit will play an important role in bringing the fulfillment of God's purpose for the church. God's purpose. However, I believe that there's a very important truth maybe being overlooked concerning receiving the latter rain of the Holy Spirit. And I believe it's important that we've got to pray. We've got to pray for the latter rain of the Holy Spirit. Amen. However, every Christian should be careful not to focus on the latter rain only. Okay. okay. Right. Um, and ignore the preparation necessary to receive the latter rain when it falls. I mean, we need the latter rain, but we also need to prepare for the latter rain. What, sure. what do we need to prepare it? Well, the thing is, if we look at that um, agricultural analogy we use with a former rain and a latter rain, if you plant the seed and there's no former rain, the seed just sits there in the ground, it doesn't germinate, then all of a sudden there's rain that falls just before the harvest. That, that seed has just germinated and started growing, but there's no fruit. And it's got no root. And, and so when the no rain root, comes, yeah. it'll probably be swept away. Or mm. what happens when the sun comes out and, and, and it hasn't... Scorches it, yeah. Scorches it, you know, when persecution comes. So the preparation obviously has a lot to do with the former rain, and then the latter rain can do its work afterwards for That's the maturing right. of the harvest. That's right. Mm. So, so um, you know, many adve- you know, very Adventists, mm. and Adventist just means we're waiting for the advent, advent of the second of Christ, coming second of Jesus. Coming, so yes. if you believe in the advent of... Of Jesus Christ's yeah. second coming, you are an Adventist. Adventist that's, right. that's what it means. <laughs> yes, yes. And um, and so my great concern is that many Adventists are waiting for the latter rain, thinking it will bring about the major changes in life mm. that are necessary uh, to be ready for Christ's second coming. And many believe that the latter rain will finally bring the church out of Laodicea. This can be a dangerous attitude. Yes, it is the attitude that Satan's omega deception propagates. That just wait for the latter rain. That'll mm. take care of everything. Mm. Um, and I just want to talk about what the Bible says and the Spirit of Prophecy says about those who receive the latter rain. And I believe this is really essential to okay. understand. Uh, and it appears that many Adventists and other Christians are confused about the latter rain of the Holy Spirit. And no one will receive the latter rain if they remain in their latter scene spiritual condition. Mm. If you remain in Laodicea, you won't receive the latter rain. If you remain a foolish virgin, spoken in Matthew 24, Five, yes. you won't receive the latter rain. Wow! I mean, the Bible this, this, makes this is an important yeah. message to That's understand. Right. So yeah. let's go to Joel's prophecy about the early and latter rain. Okay, and this can be found in Joel chapter two, two yeah, verse twenty-three. Joel chapter two, verse twenty-three. It says, "Be glad, then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for He has given you the former rain faithfully, and He will cause the rain to come down to you. The former rain." And the latter rain in the first month. Now that's a beautiful text because the word former rain there is the word more in the in the uh, Hebrew, and it actually means a teacher or teaching or early rain. So it's through the teaching of the word of God that we receive the former rain. If we receive that teaching by faith, yep. then it talks about more uh, the former rain faithfully. The word faithfully it's tzedak and it means righteousness. So it's actually a teacher of righteousness. Yes. That's what um, Noah was a preacher, preacher of righteousness, wasn't he? That's right, yes. And so I want to read also, so we've got this early rain, a promise of the early rain and latter rain. And then I want you to read verse 27 and 28. It says, Then shall you know that I am in the midst of Israel, I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. So here's a prophecy. It states that uh, this would take place following the appearance of the I am. And who's the I am of Israel? That's well, Jesus. Jesus, that's Jesus right. says, I am. Mm. He is the promise of the I am. So this is what, b- before the early rain came, promise, 
Jesus would appear. Yes. Okay. So then you go into verse um, 28. Yes. Okay. And it talks about. And it says, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. Okay, so basically, meaning all believers will be able to experience the Spirit in this manner. You know, throughout the Old Testament, different people receive the Spirit. But this is a promise of the outpouring of the Spirit on all. It's been made available, and that's been made available because of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Mm. And Peter understood Joel's prophecy and applied it to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. When we read in Acts chapter 2, verse 16 to 18, Acts chapter 2, verse 16 to 18, it says, but this is... This is Peter speaking. He goes, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, said God, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh and on your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I'll pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. Mm. And so, therefore, the first fulfillment of Joel's prophecy about the Holy Spirit took place on the day of Pentecost. Yes. When those in the upper room experienced the early rain, baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's when it was poured out. And Peter's referring to this, uh, this, this outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And um, I love how Ellen White comments on this in the Spirit of Prophecy in um, The Great Controversy, uh, pages 611 and 612. Um, Do you want to read that? Yeah, sure. It says, The great work of the gospel is not to close with less manifestation of the power of God than marked its opening. The prophecies which were fulfilled in the outpouring of the former rain at the opening of the gospel are again to be um, fulfilled in the latter rain at its close. Here are the times of refreshing to which the apostle Peter looked forward to when he said, Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. When the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord, and he shall send Jesus. So, so what Ellen White's saying is here, she's agreeing with Peter. This was the outpouring of the early rain, and, uh, and the latter rain is going to come. Right. Okay. And she's saying before the latter rain comes, though, she says, she goes, says, and Peter quotes in Acts chapter 3, verse 19 and 20, he says, Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins... May be blotted out. Repent and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. When the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. This is when your sins, Jesus is a high priest, he is now cleansing the heavenly sanctuary. Yes. That's the whole purpose of the high priest ministry on the Day of Atonement, was all the sins had gone into the sanctuary, just on earth. All the mm. sins have gone in there day after day, day after day. And over the last, you know, 2,000 years, yes. all our sins have been repented of, have been gone into the sanctuary. Now Jesus is doing a work in judgment of cleansing the sins or blotting out, as Peter would, blotting out those sins. Yes, yes. So it talks about our sins need to be blotted out when the times are refreshing. This is the latter reign of the Holy Spirit. Mm. So there's a time of repentance and making sure your sins are in the sanctuary. You've repented them and Jesus has taken them upon him and taken them into the sanctuary. But eventually he's going to cleanse them and remove them or blot them out. Right, so the work of the Holy Spirit, because Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will do three things. He will reprove the world of sin, mm-hmm. of righteousness, and of judgment. So as the Holy Spirit does work in our life in convicting us of sin, we are to confess those sins and by the power of God to forsake those sins. Because Jesus says he's faithful and just to forgive when we confess, forgive us of our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This work 
is to precede so God beside the books of record in heaven can write pardon and then blot out the sin. Yep. And therefore he can then prepare his people to live in his sight in the sight of a holy God without being consumed. Amen. Amen. So the first illustration of Joel's prophecy about the Holy Spirit took place on the day of Pentecost Mm. when those in the upper room experienced the early reign, baptism of the Holy Spirit. As as a result, the gospel, what happened? The gospel went out to the world. Yes. Devils were cast out, the sick were healed, and Mm. even the dead were raised. Yes. That early church did the works Jesus did because Jesus was living and ministering through them via the baptism or infilling of the Holy Spirit. Yes. But Joel's prophecy foretold of two outpourings of the Holy Spirit. Remember the early reign and the latter reign of the Holy mm. Spirit. Now, the latter reign of the Holy Spirit will take place as the work of God comes to a glorious climax on this earth. Mm. It will be necessary for God's people to receive in its fullness if they are to be faithful to God through what's called the time of trouble or the final crisis. There's many different people use different words and terminology, but it's the time of trouble spoken about in God's word. Yes. And be ready for Christ's second coming. However, they must be spiritually growing in the eye salve, and we've spoken about that in, in uh, eye salve, mm-hmm. which is the Holy Spirit opening up our yes, eyes. Spiritual discernment, that's yeah. right. Yeah. The white raiment, which is what? Christ's righteous, righteousness, Christ justified righteousness. and sanctified or yeah. imputed and imparted Pardon. or pardon and power. Yes. And the gold that God graciously offers to his people. Mm. The outflow of all that is the gold is to have the faith of Jesus. The faith that works by love. That's yes. right. Yeah, amen. And you look, you read that in Revelation chapter 14. After the message is given, it says, mm. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and yeah. have the faith, faith of Jesus. Jesus. Yes, amen. So this experience is necessary to benefit from the latter reign of the Holy Spirit. And because of the absolute necessity of God's last remnant people experiencing the latter reign of the Holy Spirit, Satan obviously knows this. Mm. And Satan has worked hard at confusing the issue. He knows God's people must come out of Laodicea and to grow into the fullness of Christ under the early reign baptism of the Holy Spirit in order to benefit from the latter reign of the Holy Spirit. And because of Satan's success in causing confusion concerning those who receive the latter reign, it's important we take a closer look at what the Bible and the Spirit of Prophecy says about being prepared to receive the latter reign of the Spirit. Yes. And Peter, remember, Peter understood this experience. Well, do you want me to read that again out of uh, Acts chapter 3? Verse 9 and 20. I think it's important what Peter said about what needs to happen before the refreshing of the latter rain is poured out. Yes. What needs to be happened? And so let's read that in Acts chapter 3, verse 19 and 20. Okay, so Peter says, Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, that he may send Jesus Christ who was preached to you before. Right, so the times of refreshing Peter referred to is, is the latter reign of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And those who have committed their lives 100% to Jesus by, remember, in Revelation chapter 3, verse 18, they buy. That's right, yeah, without price and without money, as we discussed last time. That's, That's right, right, they buy, yes. they, they receive the mm. righteousness of Christ imputed, and they receive the righteousness of Christ imparted through the Holy Spirit, character transformation. Yes. And have experienced Christ as their deliverer from sin, number one, the white raiment and gold in Revelation chapter 3, verse 18. And they're the ones who will benefit from the latter reign of the Holy Spirit. Ellen White clarified that true conversion is by contrasting it with the characteristics of the unconverted Christian. There are Christians who are unconverted and there's Christians that are converted. It seems crazy, but that's the way it is. Listen to this. Let's read this in Christ's Object Lessons, page 99. 
Right, and it says, Often the question arises, Why then are there so many claiming to believe God's word in whom there is not seen a reformation in words, in spirit, and in character? Why are there so many who cannot bear opposition to their purposes and plans, who manifest an unholy temper, and whose words are harsh, overbearing, and passionate? There is seen in their lives the same love of self and the same selfish indulgence and the same temper and hasty speech that is seen in the life of the worldlings. There is the same sensitive pride and the same yielding to natural inclination, the same perversity of character as if the truth were wholly unknown to them. The reason is that they are not converted. Well, that's an amazing statement, wow. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, true. Well, that hence, explains quite a few things, you know. That's right. So hence Ellen White clarified what it means to be converted Christian that Peter referred to in his sermon. Yes. The only true converted Christians are those who are victorious over their anger in their plans if their plans are opposed. Hmm. Um, the only true Christian are over unholy temper, over harsh-bearing words, self-love, self-indulgence, sensitive pride that is easily wounded, alluding to natural inclinations to sin. Hmm. In short, they will be victorious over the sins in their life. These are the truly converted Christians who will receive the latter rain of the Holy Spirit. That's beautiful. Colin, this has been a uh, interesting study so far, and I think it's a little bit of an eye-opener because the latest sea and condition is one that is uh, quite relaxed in regards to things because God is saying, look, there's some things you need to know, but you don't know them. He, he says there, you do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. But you say of yourself that you are rich and increased with goods. So we think that our current condition is, is perfectly fine, rich and have been enriched. But Jesus says, no, you're poor. Not only are you poor, you're actually running around naked. And not only that you're naked, um, but you also um, don't have spiritual discernment. The eye self is missing. So therefore, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the former reign, is so essential. And, of course, that comes after conversion or through conversion. It shows us our true condition. Mm. You see, those in Laodicea think they're okay. I'm okay. And this is why, um, you know, Satan's Omega Posse teaches that victory, complete victory over sin is impossible. Yes. That's what they're teaching. Well, dear listener, you are listening to You Shall Receive Power with Colin Hone and Etienne McClintock. We're just going to take a short break and we'll be back right after this message. Stay tuned. Thanks for joining me. There's a balance, isn't there? We live in a sinful world, but we want to be like Jesus and not too much like the negative aspects of the world in which we live. So what do we do? Do we withdraw from society, head for the hills? Well, you might be tempted to, and it's not wrong to get away from corrupting influences. But faith in God was not given to us so we could escape life, but rather that we could live life more fully. Look at what Jesus said in John 17, 15. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Jesus came into the world so we could live life more abundantly. If we have to be here in a sinful world, and we do, let's be certain that we do all we can to live for the glory of God. I'm John Bradshaw for It Is Written. Be sure to follow us on Facebook or Twitter. And let's live today by every word. Dear listener, welcome back. We have just uh, taken a break. You are listening to You Shall Receive Power with Etienne McClintock and Colin Hone. And we are looking at the importance of the former reign and the latter reign and how we are to receive the latter reign. It is that we are to be matured through the former reign to receive the righteousness of Christ and to receive his robes of righteousness, which is both justification and sanctification. And that, of course, is a work that God is able to do in us both to will and to do according to his good pleasure. 
So, Colin, we are unpacking this now as uh, the second part of the program. Yeah, and we just talked about what it means to be a converted Christian that Peter referred to in his sermon. And the only true converted Christians are those who are victorious over their anger if their plans are opposed or over an unholy temper or over harsh overbearing, uh, overbearing words, self-love, self-indulgence, sensitive pride that is easily wounded. And we, we've all been part of this. I mean, oh, I can relate yeah. to all these things. Yeah, unfortunately, I can relate to it too well. Yes, yeah. and yielding to natural inclinations to sin. I can mm. relate to this. But in short, God has made a power available through his grace that we can be overcomers. Mm, thank you, Re- Lord. Revelation, the book of Revelation, to every church, he who overcomes, everyone. Yes. God has given us power to overcome. Mm. And in short, those who are ready to receive the latter reign of the Holy Spirit will be victorious over the sins in their lives. These are the truly converted Christians who will receive the latter reign of the Spirit. And that's why Satan's omega apostasy teaches that complete victory over sin is impossible. Okay. They're saying, so it actually undermines the power of God. You can't keep the commandments of God. Mm. You can't overcome sin completely. Sure, you can have victory here and there, but not completely. That reminds me of that, you know, the Apostle Paul says there in Second Timothy chapter 3, uh, talks about the latter times, you know, and the perilous times will come. And then he says there in verse 5 of chapter 3 that they will have a form of godliness but deny the power. Now, I believe God has got a sufficient power to actually keep us from falling, as he says in Jude 24. That's right. But if you deny that, you're denying the power, but you only have a form of godliness, and this form of godliness will manifest all these kinds of things. It will be harsh. It could be overbearing. It wouldn't like, uh, you know, when it's, it's crossed, it will have a sensitive pride, and it will yield to natural inclinations. So the perplexities in the church is quite often uh, – Produced just simply because of our natural state We haven't surrendered that to the Lord yet We've got to reason ourselves, reason it out To say, okay, well maybe this is just the way it is And Mm. it's just not going to get any better And we're just going to have to accept it Christ covers his righteousness, which he does Thank thank you Lord, yes If you died today Mm. and you've repented of your sins And accepted Jesus Lord as Savior You will be raised in the last day You Mm. have assurance of salvation, sure. And if you see yourself in this picture that I just described, because I mean, I can I've seen myself there many times in the past. God's grace is sufficient for you. It said, "Where sin abound, yeah. His grace abounded much more." So we can thank Lord for that. He's got sufficient power to keep you and to help you with that surrender to Him, so that the righteousness of Christ will now be manifest in your life, which replaces all these nasty things, which are the works of the flesh. That's right. Now, remember, Peter pointed this out at the latter reign of the Spirit would take place just before the end of judgment. When our sins are blotted out, when Christ completes his high priestly ministry work in the most holy place in the heavenly sanctuary. Now, I like uh, sometimes I usually like the New King James Version. Yeah, likewise, yes. But occasionally the NIV comes with a good translation. And here's a good one here of Peter in Acts chapter 3, verse 19 to 20. Okay, so this is now repeating what we read in King James, but we're just looking at a, at a new or a different translation on it. For the NIV, it says, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. So he's got wiped out and said blotted, blotted out. out. Okay. Same thing, though. Same, same thing, yes. The times of refreshing may come from the Lord, that he may send the Christ who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Right, so both translations of Peter's words indicate a very important sequence of events. Hmm. First, in order for one's sins to be blotted out, they must be repented of. Yes. Okay? They must repent of their sins, be converted and turn to God 100%. Hmm. And Peter points out this full and complete conversion or commitment to Jesus and victory through Jesus is necessary for the times of refreshing, which is the latter reign of the Holy Spirit, to come from the Lord. Plus, full and complete conversion or commitment and victory and experience the latter reign of the Spirit are necessary for God to send Jesus 
for Christ's second coming. That's this right. needs to happen mm. before Jesus comes. Yeah, and praise God that the, the, the former reign has got enough power there to keep us from falling and to and to yeah. keep us loyal to the Lord, you know, to, to, to pour out in our hearts the Holy Spirit, which brings the writing of the law of God, the law of love, in yeah. our minds and in our hearts so that we can actually manifest the righteousness of Christ it's in our lives. It's the earlier reign that does the character transformation. Mm. And if you go on the journey with Jesus, if you surrender and, and uh, surrender and have faith in him and trust him, you know, I love this. Whenever I'm facing a crisis, you know, think I mean, there's a lot of stuff being happening in my life, yeah. especially recently, and and all I've go to is I, I will put my trust in Him. Amen. That's really it. I will put my trust in Him. Mm. Believe that Jesus will give you the victory. Hold on and believe that His grace is sufficient for you. That's right. And it says, you know, Paul uh, Paul says that, and so does Peter. Says that the long suffering of the Lord is salvation, because He doesn't want any to perish, but all to come to repentance before the great day of the Lord. And we read that in Second Peter chapter three. But Jesus will not come until the harvest has been matured. And the harvest cannot be matured until the former rain has made the seed to grow and then the latter rain has actually made it mature for the, for, for the harvest. That's right. And I love that what Ellen White said in The Spirit of Prophecy. On many occasions she expressed her concern that God's people understand experience they must have in order to receive and benefit from the latter rain. Right. She, she said, for example, in um, Christian Experience and Teachings of Ellen White, page 112, listen to what she says about... Um, receiving the latter rain to prepare for the latter rain. See, I saw that many were neglecting the preparation so needful and were looking for the time of refreshing and the latter rain to fit them to stand in the day of the Lord and to live in his sight. Oh, how many I saw in the time of trouble without a shelter. So those who actually grow up with the former and latter rain actually have shelter from the Lord, but these don't have a shelter. Well, because why? They neglected the preparation. So they neglected the needful preparation, therefore they could not receive the refreshing that all must have to fit them to live in the sight of a holy God. Wow. So this mm. is why pre- preparing for the latter rain is so important. Yes. And the way to prepare is to surrender your life to Jesus prepare and ask him for the daily Baptism of the Holy Spirit, the Amen. early rain, mm. to transform your character, to remove the sins out of your life yes. so that he can blot them out in the heavenly sanctuary. So there's a corresponding work happening of blotting out the sins in the heavenly sanctuary or removing them or cleansing them, yes. whatever words you you know need to use. Mm. But it's also corresponding happening in our hearts. He's removing, blotting, or cleansing the sin out of our hearts. And that happens through the continuous indwelling of the Holy Spirit in our yeah. lives. So we're continuously filled with the Spirit of the Lord. Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. Christ in, sin out. Mm, so, beautiful. And another one she says here, uh, there's another word, another statement she says about receiving the refreshing of the okay. latter so, rain. So this is also from uh, Christian Experiences and Teachings of Alan White, but this is page 113, page 113. It says, I saw that none... Could share the refreshing unless they obtained the victory over every besetment, over pride, selfishness, love of the world, and over every wrong word and action. Wow, I mm. know sometimes when we when we make comments about these things, they can be hard hitting. Yes, you know, you can read statements like that and go, "That seems impossible." Mm. But always remember, when we look at as human from our human perspective, it seems impossible. But what's impossible from our man's perspective? Is possible with God's perspective. That's right. So, what is impossible with us is Him possible. All things are possible with God. God. That's right. God's word says. So it says, yeah, none can receive the refreshing, or people won't receive the latter rain Mm. unless they obtain victory over every persentment, pride, selfish love of the world, and every wrong word and action. So this is the preparation part that we're going through right now on this earth. Now, so understanding and experiencing 
the baptism of the Holy Spirit and righteous by faith are essential for the Christian to enter into the mystery of union with Christ and to come out of their latest sin condition and be prepared to receive the latter reign of the Spirit. I want to say that again. Mm. Understanding and experiencing the baptism of the Holy Spirit, this is the early reign of the Holy Spirit, and righteous by faith, victory victory over sin through Christ's imputed and imparted righteousness, yes. are essential for us Christians to enter in the mystery of union with Christ and come out of our latest and lukewarm condition and be prepared to receive the latter reign of the Holy Spirit. Mm. So I believe victory over every temptation and sin is to take place under the early reign of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay. This is why this message is so important. Many people are waiting for the latter rain. Oh, the latter rain will take care of that. Mm. The latter rain will take care of my anger issues. The latter rain will take care of my you know, impure thoughts. The latter rain will take care of all this. The latter rain just seals the deal. It's the okay. early rain of the Holy Spirit that prepares us for the latter rain. Mm. And that's why it's so important that you grow in daily in the early so, rain of the Holy Spirit. So it's almost like what you're saying is, don't focus on the latter rain, focus on the early rain. Because if you have the early rain and you've grown in the fullness of that, you will be ready to receive the latter yeah. rain. It's almost like as an automatic uh, result. The outcome would be receiving the latter rain as well. Yeah. I mean, I pray and say, Lord, prepare me for the latter rain. That's my prayer. Lord, prepare me for the latter mm, rain. That's a beautiful Do prayer. the work that needs to be done, Jesus, as our high priest, like in Malachi 3. Purify us like gold refined in the fire. Yes. You know, blot out our sins, Lord. Convict, you know, search my heart, O oh Lord, to see if there's anything wicked in me. Mm. Search my heart and then remove it, Lord, because Jesus says, I will do it. God always says, I will do all this. That's right. And, you know, by by full surrender and trust in the Lord, he will complete that work. You know, that text Paul writes, it says, that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. That's right. Mm. And so victory over temptation and sin is to take place under the early reign baptism of the Holy Spirit. And as the Christian allows Christ to live out his righteous obedience in their life, remember, Christ's obedience in our lives, Mm. which is the white raiment spoken about in Revelation chapter 3, verse 18, Christ's righteousness, expecting the latter rain to deliver us from our latest in condition and bring about this change in life will prove a tragic to all who fall in that deception. The latter rain will not change our characters. Mm. The latter rain will not change our characters. It's the early rain. That will change our characters and That's prepare right. us for the latter rain. And as we said already, the early rain, the Hebrew word there in Joel chapter 22, verse 23, is actually a preacher of righteousness. But the latter rain, the word there also means eloquence. So all it will do is just give power to the message. That's right. Yeah. And look, listen to it. I'll give, let me give you another uh, quote from the Spirit of Prophecy in Ellen White from the book The Faith I Live By, page 333. It says, The latter rain, ripening earth's harvest, represents the spiritual grace that prepares the church for the coming of the Son of Man. But unless the former rain, baptism of the Holy Spirit, has fallen, there will be no life. The green blade will not spring up. Unless the early showers, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, has done their work, the latter rain can bring no seed to perfection. Well, there it is there, right there, isn't Mm, it? mm. Again, the early rain, the early showers are to do the work of preparation. That's right. So my, my, I encourage you to pray daily for the baptism or infilling of the Holy Spirit, the early rain, to do the work of preparing you for the latter rain of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And if we do that, Jesus will take care of it. Yeah, amen. It's yeah. a process. It takes yeah. time for a plant to grow and bear fruit. This is a process. Sanctification is a work of a lifetime. 
And Ellen White clearly associated the former aim, the above quote, with sanctification of the church. Yes, she see in Testimonies, Volume 6, page 86, she says, Impress upon all the necessity of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the sanctification of the church, so that they will be living, growing, fruit-bearing trees of the Lord's planting. Wow. So Ellen White understood that the early or former reign of the Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit are the same thing, and that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not the latter reign of the Holy Spirit. It is the work of the baptism of the Spirit, the early reign, that brings the church to sanctification and perfection in Christ. Remember, it's Christ's perfection. Yes, that, that's the Christ. Not, that it's clear. not ours because we don't have any. We have none. Yeah. And the reason the early reign, baptism of the Holy Spirit, is necessary is that it is through the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the early reign that Christ lives in the believer. Mm. Remember, that's in John chapter 14, isn't it? That's right. And when, when one reads Ellen White's statements on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and we've read in Peter statements as well in the book of Acts, it's clear that she and Peter saw the importance and urged every believer to seek it. It's clear to her, Ellen White, that the baptism of the Holy Spirit was essential for God's people to receive the latter reign of the Holy mm. Spirit and for God's work to be finished in the lives of his people and in the earth. Yes. And the I salve, spoken about in the Re- book of Revelation, is our only hope of coming out of our latency and proclaim the three angels' message in power. That's mm, true. I mean, God wants us to preach the three angels' message in power. He does. And we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Um, let's read what um, the Spirit of Prophecy says in the Review and Herald, February 18, 1890. What we need is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Without this, we are no more fitted to go to the world than were the disciples after the crucifixion of their Lord. Wow. So she's saying without the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we're no more fitted to go forth to the world than were the disciples after the crucifixion of their Lord. Because the gospel has got to go out with power. And that's why Jesus said in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And, of course, our program is titled by that as well because it's emphasizing the importance of receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit to give power to the gospel but also power in our lives so we can overcome. That's right. And so these statements also indicate that the Christian does not necessarily automatically receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit at conversion or water baptism. Yeah, well, that's right. If that were the case, Ellen White would not tell Christians that this is experience they need. Mm. You know, there's conversion and there's a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, you only have to look in the book of Acts and see that the Philip were baptizing people in the name of Jesus Christ. They were converted and they were baptized in water. Then the disciples came down, or the apostles came down, and then laid hands on them because none of them received the infilling or baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's right. They'd only been converted in the name of Jesus Christ. Mm. And so I believe that God's people must take seriously God's call to today receive the early reign baptism of the Holy Spirit, I sell. So if you haven't prayed for or asked, I, I encourage you. Yes. Go to the Lord. Repent of your sins. And ask Jesus to baptize you with the Holy Spirit every day. And look, this is a a life or death situation. This is a very serious message and a serious petition that God is actually sending to you and to me and to you, dear listener, as well. And we may get very anxious about it. And I think I'd rather get anxious now than anxious later when it's too late. However, in that concern that we have, we've got to take the word of God as an encouragement to us. Because Philippians chapter 3 says there in verse 6, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything... By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. God is offering us peace. He's offering to take away our anxiousness. But we are to supplicate and we are to pray and ask God and even give thanks to the Lord. And he will give us 
what we lack. That's right. So we need to take it seriously mm. and uh, receive the early rain, baptism in the Holy Spirit, which is the eye salve, which sees your, gets you to see your true condition. Isn't it better, you know, if you go to the doctor, you know what the doctors say, yeah, you're okay. Yeah, and the, and you're not okay. Well, that's right. Yeah, you I'd might rather, be terminal. That's right. Which this is a terminal. This is a terminal condition. If we remain in our later seen lukewarm condition, it yeah. is a terminal condition. Mm. The foolish virgins. It's a terminal condition. Spoken of the foolish virgins in Matthew 25. But the good news is that we don't have to. We can go to the doctor, Jesus Christ, and we can have the Holy Spirit, and it can it can actually. Open up our eyes to see our true condition, so that we can then repent. Yes, yeah, and receive pardon and power to come out of that. Mm. And um, and it's our only hope of coming out of later sea and prepared to receive the benefit of the latter rain of the Holy Spirit, is that we need to receive the eye salve, baptism in the Holy Spirit, and gain complete victory over sin through Jesus Christ's white raiment. Amen. Through His imputed righteousness, His pardon. When we confess our sins, we are pardoned, and also through his imparted righteousness, which he imparts through his Holy Spirit, where he comes and dwells in us and transforms our character into his likeness. And there's a great quote here as well in Testimonies to Ministers, page 507 by Ellen White. It says, unless we are daily advancing in the exemplification of the active Christian virtues, we shall not recognize the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in the latter reign. It may be falling on hearts all around us, but we shall not discern or receive it. Wow. Mm. In other words, when the latter rain is poured out, people won't even recognize it. That's incredible, they isn't it? They may write it off as fanaticism or just don't have that spiritual discernment to know that this is from God. Yeah. Mm. And again, another, another one. I mean, we know what's coming upon this world. We know what's coming upon yes. this world. We know that there is a crisis coming, a conflict Spoken in Revelation chapter 13. That's right. The mark of the beast conflict that's coming upon this world. Mm. Um, and we know if you want to be, and the final crisis, the last seven plagues. Listen to what Ellen White says in. Uh, this is Manuscript Releases, volume 2, page 30. Mm. It says, Nothing but the baptism of the Holy Spirit can bring up the church to its right position and prepare the people of God for the fast approaching conflict. Wow. Wow, nothing. Nothing will prepare us. That's an incredible statement. So victory over sin is necessary. And the above scriptures in the Spirit of Prophecy statements by Ellen White make one thing very clear. It is only people who gain the victory over their sins and temptations through Jesus Christ who will come out of their latest sin condition and receive the latter rain. Mm. Throughout Ellen White's writings, she can constantly cause God's people to obedience. Neither Ellen White nor the Bible give an excuse for God's people to live a life of willful disobedience to God. And Paul made this very clear in Romans chapter 6, didn't he? He did, yes. In Romans chapter 6. Okay, so we can read that. I'll read verse 1 and 2, then maybe we can jump up to verse 6 and 7 and then jump to verse 11. Okay. Okay, it says, What then shall we say? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? And then verse 6, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin may be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Verse 11, likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies, that you should obey it in its lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God. As those that are alive from the dead And your members as instruments of righteousness unto God 
For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Under that law of sin. So Paul makes it clear. In the book of Hebrews, Paul makes it clear to the Christian to lay aside every weight, every sin, and every even their besetting sins, you know, the ones that just you can't get rid of. They yes. seem to just hang yeah. around. Mm. Those sins that have the most challenge getting the victory over, and I have those, and I'm sure you do as well. They are to do this by looking unto Jesus, who will give them the victory. This is found in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, 2. Yes, it says, Therefore, seeing that we also are compassed about so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is now sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. See, Peter admonishes the Christian to turn from a life of sin to a life of obedience to God. And in First Peter chapter 2, verse 21 and 22, he says, For even therefore you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example mm. that we should follow his steps, who did not sin, neither guile was found in his mouth. And then we read in Revelation 14, God's last uh, day people, the 144,000 representing God's last people, there was no guile. No guile in their mouth. Them out. That's right. And these verses, Peter calls the Christian to follow Christ's example of living a life of obedience. And, you know, we can go through Second Peter as well. You can read that. He talks about uh, we need to be purged from our old sins. Mm. Uh, election to do these things. That's Second Peter chapter 1, verse 4 to 10. That's, That's right. That covers and, that topic. And you can yes. read continually again through the spirit of prophecy that victory over sin in the Christian's life uh, there's no excuse because Christ's victory, there is no excuse for a Christian to be living a life of sin. Mm. We can have the victory. Amen. Um, listen to what Ellen White says in uh, the Southern Review, December 5, 1899. Exact obedience is required, and those who say it is not possible to live a perfect life throw upon God the imputation of injustice and untruth. And again, the Review and Herald, July 15, 1890, she says, God requires at this moment just what he required of Adam in paradise before he fell. Perfect obedience, perfect obedience to his law. Mm. The requirement that God makes in grace is just the requirement he made in paradise. And again, Christ's Object Lessons, page 282. It says there, Consider the life of Christ standing at the head of humanity, serving his Father. He is an example of what every son should and may be. The obedience that Christ renders God is required from human beings today. Wow. And I love this in... um, in the book Our High Calling, page 48, it says, The obedience of Christ to his Father was the same obedience that is required of man. Man cannot overcome Satan's temptations. I want to make this clear. Mm. Man cannot overcome Satan's temptations without divine power to combine with his instrumentality. So with Jesus Christ, he could lay hold of divine power. Jesus laid hold of divine power. Yes. He came not to our world to give the obedience of a lesser God to a greater, mm. but as a man to obey God's holy law. And in this way, he is our example. Wow. The Lord Jesus came to our word, world not to reveal what God could do, but what man could do through faith in God's power. Mm. It is only in faith in God's power to help in every emergency. Mm. Man is through faith to be a partaker in the divine nature and to overcome every temptation wherewithin he is beset. That's from our high calling. So there's a promise that God has given us power and we put faith in him to overcome the sins and temptations in Mm. our lives. 
Well, I, I like the fact that God's grace is not only his unmerited favor, but he's also able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. And the thing is, you know, where sin abounded, grace does much more abound. So sin cannot overpower grace. Grace overpowers sin. So we thank the Lord for the grace and the mercy he's shown to each single one of us through Jesus Christ our Lord. In Christ we are perfect. In Christ we have died. We've been crucified with Christ. In Christ we have been buried and we've been raised to newness of life. And as it says there in Ephesians chapter 2, we are sitting with Christ in heavenly places. You're listening to You Shall Receive Power with Colin Hone and Etienne McClintock. We're just going to take a short break, share our contact details with you, and we'll be right back after this. Stay tuned. Thank you for joining us on You Shall Receive Power. If you would like more information about today's program, or if you have any questions, please contact 3ABN Australia Radio by phoning 0249-73-3456. Or you can send an email to radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. You can also contact us on our 3ABN Australia Radio Facebook page. We look forward to hearing from you. Dear listener, welcome back. You are listening to You Shall Receive Power. So I want to conclude with a couple of statements. Our great need. Robert H. Pearson, the former president of the General Conference of the Seven-Day Venice, made this following statement in 1975, and I agree with this. He says, The greatest need of the Seven-Day Venice Church, and the church generally worldwide, is not more money, bigger budgets, more buildings, more institutions and facilities, is not even more evangelistic crusades. What we as Seventh-day Adventist Church members need to be saved from is from our sins. Mm. And that applies to all Christians. What we need to be is to be saved from our sins. God is not waiting for more storms, nor political furor, more wars or rumors of wars before Jesus can come. He's waiting for his people to gain the victory over sin so that he can trust them with heaven. Jesus came to save his people from their sins to help us to be overcomers. Now, that was written over 40 years ago. Wow. Before the writing of this you know uh, the, this book that we've been going through It still seems we haven't learned that lesson mm. We're still confused on what whether God requires us To have complete victory over sin in our lives We're still confused over why the latter rain hasn't fallen And Jesus hasn't returned We seem to think as we have for some decades That we need more money, bigger budgets More buildings, more institutions And facilities, more evangelistic crusades This is not what we need We need a victorious church Who has come out of their latest sin condition And I'm saying these things are wrong these things are Those still, things are important to express the gospel. But the thing is, you know, Jesus says, By this all men will know you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And that is agape love, which is only poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit, which God gives to us. That's right. So this is what we need. We need a victorious church who can come out of their latest sin condition. Since the baptism of the Holy Spirit and righteous by faith are so vital receiving the latter rain and being prepared for Christ's second coming, it's important we understand what the Bible teaches on these subjects. Hmm. So you see, the church's lack of understanding and experience in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and righteous by faith is at the heart of why the church is still in Laodicea. Yes. You see, the latter rain has not fallen and Christ has not returned. This is why the Lord has brought this serious latest warning to the church. Mm-hmm. You know, the book Steps to Personal Revival that's going all around the world, yes. 600,000 copies and, and uh, Dennis Smith teachings in uh, 40 days to prepare for the second coming, in 10 days prayers to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And Mark Finley's 10 days in the upper room. There's many, many books that God and the message is going worldwide. Mm. And, and I believe this is why he's bringing this message to the world. It's also why Satan continues to advance his omega posse, leading many to believe that obedience to God's law 
Complete victory over sin is impossible. Yes. And all who accept this deception will be lost. Mm. In conclusion, the issues are clear. God's word in the Old and New Testament calls God's people to be obedient, commandment-keeping people. Yes. Satan has gone to make war on those who keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. Satan's goal has always been from eternity past to lead angels and men into a life of sinful disobedience to God's law. In these last days, he has devised a masterful deception that has been developing for decades, which Ellen White called the omega apostasy of false theological theories designed to lead God's people away from the foundational teachings of the church. Mm. She trembled for God's people when she realized there would be such a powerful omega deception of Satan. This omega apostasy teaching leads individuals to believe that God's Ten Commandments cannot be kept and sin cannot be overcome in one's life. This false teaching directly counters the very reason God called the Seventh-day Adventist Church into existence. Yes. We were called to warn the world of Christ's second coming and call individuals to accept Christ's justifying and sanctifying righteousness, which results in perfect obedience to God's commandments of love. Sad but true that many Adventists, both laity and leaders, have and are accepting Satan's omega lie. Those who accept this deception will not receive God's warning to Laodicean and will therefore remain in their Laodicean condition. And if that were not enough, they will even rise up against God's warning and instruction to Laodicea and strongly criticize those who accept and proclaim the true biblical teaching about victory over sin and keeping obedience to God's commandments. Those who are proclaiming the truth will be called legalists, perfectionists, fanatics, sinless perfectionists. They'll be looked upon as causing confusion, teaching false doctrine, which will ultimately lead to division in the church. Hmm. Those who accept the Omega Posse teaching will feel very strongly about their views because they have seen in the church fanatical movements, legalistic individuals divide churches, like the Holy Flesh Movement or yes. perfectionist teachings that lead many people from the church. Hmm. So they'll look at themselves as true defenders of the faith and church. When this rising up against the truth grows into a prominent voice of criticism of those who are responding to God's latest in warning instruction, it will be challenging time for true followers of Jesus Christ. This is why it's so important for them to be settled into the truth so that they will not be moved away from the truth. Wonderful. Well, Colin, thank you for sharing that with us. Dear listener, thank you for joining us today on You Shall Receive Power. We look forward to catching up with you next time. Until then, God bless and keep you. been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Radio.